Hi, this is Tina Powell, host of In The Suite, where I sit down with top women leaders and some of the biggest names in the financial services and the wealth management industry. Together, we'll discover some of their best secrets and top strategies to grow a great business, build a strong brand, and lead teams in the 21st century. I hope you'll enjoy hearing their amazing personal stories of triumph, trepidation, and transformation in hopes of becoming better leaders ourselves. The time for you to lead is now, and you're in the suite. The name Cheryl Nash is iconic in the fintech and wealth management industry. Cheryl's work and leadership spans over 30 years, from Tegra 118 to Fiserv to the Money Management Institute. As Chief Executive Officer of Tegra 118, Cheryl drives the strategic vision for scalable, mission-critical, industry-leading technology solutions in wealth management. Cheryl has over 30 years of experience and a deep appreciation and understanding of industry trends, priorities, and challenges. She is a highly sought-after subject matter expert, and her consultative approach has yielded enduring client partnerships. Cheryl's a pioneer who's lit the flame and carried the torch of diversity inclusion since the very beginning, but not only for women or gender by itself. You see, Cheryl is extremely passionate around inclusion for every person in the deepest sense of the word and calls it a humanity imperative. In speaking to Cheryl on a June day in the suite during the George Floyd riots, one central theme became crystal clear. Cheryl puts other people ahead of everything else. It's what I'm calling the Cheryl Nash effect, standing up for what's right advocating for positive change, and mentoring and sponsoring people in the industry that gives rise to a whole new generation of leaders, many of them past and future guests here in the suite. Cheryl's credentials include her appointment to the Money Management Institute MMI Board of Governors and selection as co-chair of the MMI Women in Wealth Management, a program dedicated to ensuring women in the workplace, zero to five, have an enriching start to their financial services career. She's also a board member of MMI's Leadership Pathway, a former co-chair of MMI's Technology and Operations Committee, and she currently serves as Investment Institute's on-campus advisory board member and leads the Women in Wealth Management Initiative, a program dedicated to inspiring, advising, and educating career-focused women. Cheryl chairs the Diversity and Inclusion Committee for Tiburon Advisors and is measurably driving a more diverse audience and speaker roster to the Tiburon CEO Summits. Cheryl has received numerous awards for her contributions and achievements, including Money Management Institute's Pioneer Award, Gold Stevie Award for Women in Business, Family Wealth Reports, Women and Wealth Management Individual Contributor Award, MMI Barron's Industry Award to InvestNet Institute on campus in the Doing Good category, a program for which Cheryl Nash and Tegra 118, formerly Fiserv, are key contributors. Investment News 2017 Women to Watch honoree, the FTF News 2018 Editor Choice Award, Think Advisors 2019 Top Women in Wealth Tech, and most recently, a 2019 Savvy Ladies Changemaker of the Year Award. Finally, if there is a female leader we can all aspire to be, it's Cheryl Nash, a changemaker, 
a champion for others, and a culture driver of diversity and inclusion, humanity initiatives that will stand the test of time and value each human being. I hope you'll enjoy this episode of Cheryl Nash in the suite. Wow. Cheryl Nash, it is an absolute honor and a thrill to have you in the suite today. Thank you so, so much for joining us for this episode and making the time. Today's June 4th, and there's a lot, a lot more going on in the wake of George Floyd right now. And the current environment right now as it relates to not only coronavirus, but, you know, race relations. So, I'm really happy that you're here. I wanted to just before we get into the broadcast today, you know, your your name has been iconic in the worlds of fintech and banking and wealth management and and women and your leadership as CEO of Tegra 118, you know, all of your work and your presidency and tenure at Pfizer, you've done so much with women and money management institute. But, you know, I have to say that one of the reasons that I think that you're, you are so admired and endeared in the financial services industry is because you're a person that understands the current environment as well as the trends. And I think a good place to start, I was really moved two days ago when you said this, you said, how do we get to a place where hate and discrimination have no place in our world? It starts with everyone the word everyone in caps, making it a priority. Let's all create a culture of belonging, acceptance, inclusion, and empathy. The responsibility is all on us. Hashtag together we can. Hashtag together we rise. I I just fundamentally, your leadership, you are a person that gets it, Cheryl. So Why don't you talk to us about what it's like to lead right now in the current environment, being that things are so, so volatile and heated right now in race relations, especially. Yeah, Tina, thank you for that. So it is, it's really interesting and you have to be very, I'd say, careful and very, really personal about how you lead today, especially when it comes to the George Floyd situation. You know, it took me when I started seeing everything happening and then last weekend, things really went out of control. We saw, you know, some nice peaceful protesters out there, but then we started seeing at night some of the rioting and it just really is something that made me think as a CEO, as a woman and as just a human, there's something that needs to be done here. And, you know, the whole incident is just horrific. So I sat down Sunday night and I put together a letter to my entire team. It literally took me four hours to do that because it's so sensitive, but it it has to come from a real place. And that's where I really said, you know, at Tegra 118, our culture should not ever allow hate or discrimination. And I also think as a CEO, you have to stand up right now. You have to say that you're committed to foster a culture that cares about its people, that deeply values diversity and inclusion. And that's something that I've been talking about for a long time. I'm really passionate about diversity and inclusion, and it's inclusion of every of every person, right? It's not just 
you know, bringing more women in on gender. It's not just religion. It's not just racial. It's everything. So it's a business imperative. It's a humanity imperative. And right now is, you know, there's so many challenges out there right now with COVID, with all this that's going on. But right now is a time for leaders to stand up and say, I'm not going to take it anymore. Come together and really care about their people and make sure that there's resources available. What I did on Monday was I made sure that our teams understood that our Black employees, their families, our employees with blended families, which we have quite a few, are tired, are scared, and are angry. And it's a time like this that we need to reach out to them. We need to listen to them. And more, you know, really important, we need to seek to understand how they're feeling. And that was what Monday was all about. So it's just, it's just ongoing. You know, we have a hashtag together, Tegra 118. And this is really the time to come together, one voice. And that's, that's my focus right now with, with our organization, and even with my own family talking about this and my friends. Well, I, I certainly think that the way that you've addressed the issue head on is something that every single female leader listening right now to this podcast can take a page out of the Cheryl Nash leadership playbook. And that is that you lead by example and your leadership comes from you actually taking action and executing. It's not just saying things, but your leadership is more from your your actions more than it is from your words. And I think it was an incredible foresight that you wrote that letter on Monday. Again, right now, like it's, it's Thursday before things even were heated, that you took the time to actually write that, to communicate your thoughts. That's exactly the type of servant leadership that the world needs right now, not only in financial services, but in all organizations. And it's how you win. I'm not surprised that that you've been a champion of diversity and inclusion for, you know, your your entire career here. And I forgot to mention, you're also the chair for diversity and inclusion for the Tiburon CEO summits. So <laughs> that, that's really an impressive career. You now you've been involved in financial services for over 36 years, though. The audience can't see you right now, but I can certainly see you right now recording this. But that, and that seems pretty impossible. I, I want to acknowledge that, you know, your name is not only associated right now with Tegra 118, but president of Fiserv, and you'll, you'll demystify the Fiserv Tegra 118 coming to together for us. But here's something that I did as a fun thing to do knowing that you were going to be on this episode. So I figured 36 and nine months that you were at Fiserv. So my daughter's a math major, Cheryl. So, and she's an eighth grade teacher. You'll appreciate this. 36 and nine months equates to 13,413.75 days and 107,310 hours. So I want to use that stat as a benchmark against Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 rule, which he basically states that any discipline requires 10,000 hours, yet you have almost 10 times that number. You're beyond an expert. You are an oracle an absolute oracle, a guiding force in this industry. So can you tell us a little bit about how you you started your career at, at Pfizer? And more importantly, I'm deeply curious, 
Did you think that you would be here 36 years, nine months later? <laughs> it's incredible. Thank you. No, I never did. So I can easily say that I never thought I'd, first of all, make my way up to president, let alone CEO. So it's been a fun, uh, fun experience. So I've been with the same business my entire career, but I didn't start at Pfizer. I started at a small company called Security APL out of Chicago. I was actually the fourth hire at that company. I was hired to help onboard clients. And as you do in any small firm, I ended up doing a lot more than that. And I learned a lot. I raised my hand to move to New York in the mid 80s with the founder and to set up a New York office. I look back at that time, you know, I've never been to New York. I didn't really know what I was, what, what I was you know, <laughs> doing or what was expected of me when I got to New York. I you know, was in my 20s. I packed up my life. I said goodbye to my friends and family. And I you know, went to start up a New York office. And I will say I never looked back. It was a really amazing experience, one where I really learned a lot. And I think it's helped me reach where I am today in my career. In May of 1996, Check Free acquired Security APL. Mm. So Pete Kite, who led Check Free, was way ahead of his time. Pete was really thinking about banking and brokerage and how they can come together. So we were a wealth technology platform. CheckFree did all banking, core banking platforms and electronic bill payment. And, you know, he saw that, that there was a big need for banking and brokerage to come together and obviously way ahead of his time. But I learned so much at CheckFree. Um, at CheckFree, I mostly led and sat in as client services reps, led client services. I was in sales and ultimately I was leading implementation. So played a lot of different roles when I was at CheckFree. Then in December of 2007, Pfizer acquired CheckFree. Mm. So that was our second, that was my second acquisition. We remained a separate business unit. So we remained a separate business unit at CheckFree and at Pfizer. So I became the president over time of a Pfizer Investment Services. So Pfizer, I worked at for 13 years. Amazing experience, great company, great leadership. I learned a lot from Jeff Yabuki, Devin McGranahan, really great company. And at Pfizer, I spent a lot of time before I became president, focused on product management, product strategy, strategy, marketing. So really became you know well-rounded in some experiences that really led me into, um, in 2011, being named president of the firm. So it was really exciting. Now, obviously, being president is a lot different than running and being in, in the business itself. Um, it's pretty lonely at the top, mm. but I did learn a lot, and I surrounded myself with some really good people. And I think you know that, that really has led me to where we are today. So in 2020, the Pfizer Investment Services business unit was sold as a joint venture to Motive Partners. Motive Partners own 60% of our business and Fiserv still owns 40%. Back in February of 2020, I was named CEO. And again, it's been, when I think about my career and when I started way back when at a little company called Security APL as the fourth hire to where I am today, I really think what got me to leave this business was all the experiences mm. and the ability to be able to sit in client services and lead client services, sit in product management and lead product management. It was that those experiences that really, you know, enabled me 
to continue to stay in the same company. And when you think about it, it's not the same company because it's had three acquisitions. You know, we, we build our platform for largest asset managers and broker dealers. So we're in front of clients and firms all the time, helping them with their strategy. So it's a really interesting organization. I always tell the people who work for me that if you're ever bored for a minute, it's your own fault. Uh, We've got so much going on and there's a lot, there's just still more to learn. So it's great. So when you took on all of those different stretch assignments, right? So you had nearly every single type of job that there was to do. So for development uh, and QA. (laughs) So then part of it, was there a literally a change in your job description or job title? Or were you have one title and then starting to get your feet wet by taking some of those stretch assignments and then easing into the role. And the reason I ask is, again, because there's a lot of great female leadership right now on this podcast, and we're all looking to, we're looking to to you, Cheryl, for advice in how we manage our own careers. And sometimes we want to take the chance, but we're not yet ready for what the position calls for. So it is as you climbed the career ladder and then took on all of these different roles, was it you applying for those jobs or was it more of an evolution of your skill set and then and or people recognizing like, wow, Cheryl, give it to Cheryl. Cheryl can do everything. It was a mixture. So in some cases I applied and in some cases I was um, given the opportunity. I will say is I think about my career and think about all those different roles that I had, I wasn't always comfortable getting to the next level or taking on all the roles, but I never said no. Mm. And I think that's a great message for women, especially make sure that even if you don't think that you're a hundred percent there and you're 60, if you're only 60% there, take that stretch role, get yourself, you know, a mentor or some help, surround yourself with people who can help you who have different skills than you and really, you know, lean into that job. I think that in most cases, men don't have any issues taking on roles that they know they need to learn. And women have, you know, they're, they, they're much more, you know, nervous to do that, but don't, don't just take the role if it's given to you, even if you don't feel comfortable with it and put everything into learning, but really more, more importantly, Put everything into learning and getting to know people who've done that role before or leadership in your organization that you know you can turn to if you need some help. That's really great advice. I do want to emphasize the fact that you said to just say yes. Say yes to the role, even if you don't feel that you are ready. That is an unbelievable piece of advice. And I want to say to that, there were clearly you had mentors, advocates, sponsors in your own career trajectory, and that there are things that people see in you. There are people that, that, that's, that saw things in you, Cheryl, that maybe that at the time um, were exactly what the role needed But yet, again, learning the role is something that we can all do, but either you have the qualities or or you don't. So the qualities are much more important, I think, and maybe you would agree to this, than the aptitude. The aptitude, the technical can be taught. The technical can be learned. But if you don't have the right mindset and if you're not hungry for it, and if you don't take a chance, you're not going to get 
that you're not going to get the opportunity. Yeah, we always say hire for talent, you can teach skill. Hire mm. for the right talent, that person who you believe is just going to come in and roll up their sleeves and do the job. And if they need to learn the skill, you can teach them the skill. But that's that's a great point, Tina. It really is. Don't be afraid and you know, bring in the right people that you think can do the job. Don't always look for those experts that have done the job before. Well, anybody that's following you on Twitter, Cheryl Nash at Cheryl Nash too, will see that you have an amazing organization of women and men right now who are obviously part of an incredible culture at Tegra 118. I would love for you to explain about Tegra 118 and how it's how it's different from the prior environment, how it's different from, from Fiserv. I love the brand. I want to, I want to talk about that as well too. Um, but just spend a minute just clarifying for us who Tegra 118 is. So I love talking about Tegra 118. So happy to do that. So Tegra 118 is the new leader in wealth technology. We were Fiserv Investment Services. We were check-free investment services out of a big company and into a much smaller standalone business where we really have the opportunity to grow and invest in our business. We're the leading wealth and asset management industry, and we really on purpose made sure that we had a fresh, bold perspective and strategy. So that's the name, more bold than you'd expect from a fintech company. And we will, you know, our focus is to provide our clients powerful technology, exceptional innovation, amazing experiences and collaborative partnerships. So one of the things that's different and that Motive has brought to us is they are very collaborative with their clients. A lot of them come from consulting backgrounds. So they really know how to go in, listen, and bring back um, solutions to clients instead of just saying, here's what you got. Here's what we have, you know, take it or leave it. So we are really enjoying working with Motive. You know, one of the things that they are, you know, very, you know, they, they say the word co-create a lot and it's co-create mm. with your clients. Don't go in a room and create something. And, you know, if you build it, they will come really build it alongside our clients. And that's different for us. We are really enjoying that as our clients. But we always say we're building the future of wealth technology together with our clients. And, you know, the, the foundation that we have really does lie in the proven flexible technology. It has grown with our clients over time. It's transformed the way people interact with, manage, and grow their wealth. But our unique perspective is formed um, and really informed by a broader view of the fintech space. It empowers us to drive change. And that's really being part of a PE company. We weren't Mm. ever, this is also new learnings for me, right? Working with a PE firm. It's been really, and I'll talk more about, you know, doing that in a time of crisis. It's been really refreshing because it, it's it's a blank sheet of paper. There's a lot of opportunities to look at firms that we should partner with, to look at firms we should acquire. We're actually going to announce our first acquisition next week, which is exciting because we haven't had an acquisition since 2010. So big parties over conference calls and Zoom and uh, for that one, we're really excited about it. But we'll continue to interact with influencers like yourself, Tina, and others. I mean, this has been a great opportunity, I think, to showcase a new company. Even though we've been in this industry for 35 years, it is a bold new company. So it's different. Our clients are feeling it. 
our people are feeling it. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's been a really interesting change, but I, you know, it's, we've, we've always been focused on technology. We will continue to be focused on technology, but we're really into the innovation stage and really driving some change and growth in this industry and giving our clients what they've been waiting for. So it's exciting times. That's really exciting. And I want to state for the record that I had no idea of the acquisition, which of course, when this podcast today is June 4th, but when this podcast is is out, then the good news. So I congratulate you and Tegra118 on the good news. I was lucky enough one day on LinkedIn to tune in to you and April Rudin, and you explained yes. some of the origin of the name of Tegra118. And again, this sounds like it's something very collaborative, very different in that that it 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 is starting to just have an ethos and an energy of its own. So for those few people who weren't listening, there were a lot listening that day. Can you kind of explain the origin story of the name? Because I think that as we are going through naming different things in our organizations, even just if it's an entrepreneurial initiative, to give it a name gives it a life. It does. So explain the, exp- explain the life be- behind Tegra 118, the naming of it. So we, first of all, we worked with a branding firm who, um, I don't know, it's this is the first time I've done this too, where you're in front of a branding firm, they're interviewing you and your clients. We had, you know, the leadership across Motive and Tegra in the room. We voted on the name. We landed on Tegra 118. I'll admit that wasn't my first choice. Nor was it my favorite, but after 24 hours, it really grew on me. I actually know I love it. It's interesting because I thought about, you know, Tegra 118, what actually does that mean? And, and you know, we didn't want to be another, you know, wealth tech, just normal wealth tech name. So, yeah. so it was fun to do that. It was a lot of fun. But and, and like you said, we had we we had the opportunity to name it whatever we wanted. So we wanted a name that was bold. I remember calling people the day that we announced it and they were like, hmm. Tell me about that name. That's an odd name for a fintech <laughs> company. So really, it's it's about a bold, different perspective. Our new logo and visual identity. So we have a new logo. We have new colors. Our colors are purple, blue, yellow, really nice colors. It reflects the heritage of our business, our deep industry expertise, our bold mission to create a new standard in fintech innovation. And it really pushes the boundaries of what's expected in wealth management. That was our goal. And that's what I think Tegra 118 does. We made sure that it was fresh, that it had a modern look. Um, It's synergistic with our vision to be at the forefront of innovation. So we really wanted to make sure that even the logo itself wasn't just a plain logo, that it had some life to it. It signifies our proven and future-proof technology. It's dynamic. It's nimble. And it's collaborative. So it's really creates a culture. It's, you know, it, it resonates with the culture we want to create. Tegra speaks to our company's integrated seamless technology. And my favorite part of Tegra is it also stands for integrity. Integrity of our mission to mm-hmm. redefine how people interact with, manage, and grow their wealth. And the integrity of our people who come to work every day on behalf of our clients. 118 was interesting. 118 reflects the number of elements in the universe in the totality. <gasps> so that's what 118, the number of elements in the universe. And it's really around. That is awesome. Isn't that cool? 
Yeah, I mean, that's really cool. I went to the website and I'm really, really impressed. And, you know, I love marketing. I love design, but I love you. I love amazing UI and UX. And I think that what has stood out for me from a brand perspective is not only the colors, it's the entire integration. Exactly what you're talking about is the integrity of the brand, that every single design element. And again, you know, and, and, and you learn this when you're, when you're learning marketing, it's part of the foundational concepts of marketing and branding is that every single brand element has to stand for something and have a reason behind it. And I love the way that Here's one of the things that stands out to me more than more than anything, Cheryl, is that you yourself said like, wait, you know, I wasn't sure at first it, I needed a day to kind of sit with it. But here's the thing. So many organizations and, and this isn't I want to acknowledge that change is really hard for people, that 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 changing a name, rebranding is an unbelievable process. You're not just like slapping on a new UI, UX and, you know, getting wonderful T-shirts and all of that and drinking the Kool-Aid. It's it's not that it's change is just fundamentally hard. How do you what is your advice to different business leaders that you know, should envision a new boldness for the for their company, especially as it relates to fintech and wealth net wealth tech that are that are you know being very ultra conservative because it's coronavirus and because this is going on and that's going on when they need to act bold. What's your advice for those business leaders? Step out of your comfort zone. That's what we had to do. Honestly, um, we had to step out of our comfort zone and we had to think outside the box. When you look at the names of fintech providers in our space, they're all great names, but they're all in a, you know, about investment or about things that are that you would expect. So our mission when we went to do this was create a name that is unexpected and step out of your comfort zone. I, like I said, Tegra 118, it's not a name you would expect a fintech company to have. But once you explain what it what it means and you look at the logo and you look at how the, the T and the logo stands tall and the digits after are really leading forward. It means a lot. And I, I, you know, it's just, it's, it's actually a great exercise if you can, and you're not, everybody's creative, right? Not everybody has that brain that could think like this. So you've got to bring in the right people too on your, on the team that's going to choose the logo and choose the name because those are the people that are going to, you know, set you up. Don't always, don't think you have to bring in the people that are the conservative folks do something bold, bring in different people that are that are going to help you choose that name. We didn't bring in my entire team. We actually unveiled it. And after it was chosen, so we decided that we were just going to have, you know, some folks from the senior team and some folks from Motive Partners senior executive. And actually our executive chairman, Rob Havart, he brings a whole different level of creativity. And he's the first one who fell in love with the name. And, talk, you know, mm. we listened to him and why he thought it was such a great name. But Bring those people who are creative into the process as well. But, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to do this. Think outside the box. One of the things that I love is, first of all, I will never forget that I will always look at the number 118 and think of you and think of Tegra 118. I love how it's depicting the elements of the universe, yeah. right? And so what a time, I, I think of, 
you now this was already in motion prior to the last five months of the financial services and of the world in general the most volatile time that we've ever lived and what a what an occasion to be rebranded and be poised for volatility change and for pushing the boundaries that's what stands out to me as being the wow factor i like how you put that together tina that's exactly true yep (laughs) (laughs) that wasn't in the script by the way (laughs) it's just coming out but here's something that you have done which which also too i i love this whole philosophy of just of just change and adaption and you now have even a new webcast series and it goes back to your strengths with communication and being very transparent and servant leadership is you have a new webcast series called connecting, communicating, leading and learning through crisis with you and leading industry consultant, Suzanne Syracuse, who we all know very well. And, you know, most recently you had a conversation with Burt White, uh, managing director and chief investment officer at LPL Financial. So tell us a little bit about the series and some of the insights that you've already gleaned from Bert's episode and subsequent episodes. Uh, so we are, we just launched a new uh, webcast series as you just talked through. It's a three-part series. First was, and Bert White, if those of you who don't know Bert White, you should get to know Bert White. He's probably the most energetic, enthusiastic leader Um, in our industry. And he's just a lot of fun to talk to. So I'll talk a little bit about that one. Um, Next up is Eva Marie Schoenborn, who's president and CEO of Northwestern Mutual Wealth Management. And Eva Marie, it's funny, when Eva Marie and I met, um, we met actually as we were trying to connect through Tiburon. uh, But when we met and started talking to each other, we've got a lot of the same leadership values, I would say. And so we we had a great time talking about that. And then last but not least, Joe Nadro, who's Managing Director, Independent Brokerage and Platform Services at Wells Fargo Advisors. So, you know, I chose these people, but also the firms that they're associated with, just because they're big names in our industry. And, you know, when you think about big names in our industry, they're going through the same things we're going through. So how do leaders in these large firms really support? So the series is focused on leadership. It's focused on how we're leading our business, our people, our advisors, and then ultimately, because you know we're all focused on you know investors. How do we support investors through a crisis? And each of the leaders and the firms that we talk to are going through so much. So Wells Fargo, Joe said they have two hundred seventy thousand associates, and they had to move them remote. So when you think about just that sheer number of people. You know, we have 480 that we had to do. And that was, you know, that was something that was an undertaking. Can't even imagine doing it with that, you know, large number of people. And they did it really well. And he talks about how that, how they did that and how important it was to do it really well. And then Eva Marie was much more on the personal level, how she's leading people. The fatigue that we're all feeling right now with, you know, mm. we've heard the Zoom fatigue and video fatigue and, you know, I think Bloomberg had an article that everybody's working at least three hours more a day in this whole, you know, in this work at home remote environment. And people aren't giving themselves permission to get up and take a walk. So she's instituted some pretty neat things in her organization where a 30 minute meeting has to end five minutes early, 60 minute meeting has to end 10 minutes early. And that's to, you know, get people 
get up, get some water, take a bio break, whatever it might be. But as you probably you too, Tina, like we're back to back all day. And it's just really creating some, you know, some fatigue in people. So in each episode, you know, the real personalities of these leaders shine through. You have to watch it to see what I mean, because they've all they've all got their own personalities. But the end of Burt White's, you have to make sure that you see the end of Burt White's discussion. Um, Burt is a funny guy, and he really shows that at the end of his. So one of the things that the reason we decided to do this was it's a time to learn from each other. Like, Tina, you said, while you're doing this. Mm You know, it's really a good time to learn. It's a time to share best practices. And it's actually a time to hear how big firms, some of the biggest firms in our industry, are dealing with and managing through crisis. So um, that was really why we decided to do that. And actually, it was a lot of fun. Um, The next episode's coming out Monday, June 8th. So by the time this, this, uh, we'll probably have all three out, but really, you know, it was really good um, experience and, and it's good to hear from other leaders in the industry. I think it's wonderful the way that you're pulling all of these resources together and that you're making these dialogues accessible. And this is a video webcast series, which by the way, that obviously you could still listen to the audio portion of it. But yeah, I started to watch it the other day and I was really intrigued with you and Suzanne. I think there's a lot of great chemistry over there. And Bert is, uh, I didn't see it until the end, but yes, I will definitely go back to it and check out some of the episodes. I also want to touch upon the fact that you just stated something that I know a lot of business leaders are doing, are dealing with, and that is the whole, this whole premise of work from home. And, you know, the, the velocity or the acceleration of the work from home movement initially when the crisis first hit us was very, very quick. And now I feel that business leaders are wrestling with are, is everybody going back to work? So I'm just curious, you leading an organization of 480 people, are you giving Tegra 118 employees the opportunity to choose for themselves? Or how do you make these decisions? How do you satisfy all stakeholders? How do you make everyone happy when we're still in the midst of, of this chaotic yeah, environment? That's a great question. So first and foremost, I sent a message out about two weeks ago, letting everybody at Tegra 118 know that we're still going to be working from home through Labor Day. And the reason I did that was people are still in this. How long is it going to be till I go back to the office? Should I buy that big monitor? Should I go get a printer? Should I move off my kitchen table and into uh, you know a guest bedroom? So made that decision so people knew that this was another three months. Also, you know, I don't know what it's going to look like when we go back. We've been starting to talk about that, but I know some of our colleagues in the industry are starting to go back potentially even next week, but they're doing it with different, you know, smaller groups. They're having, you know, thermometers, taking temperature, you know, plastic up at the reception mm-hmm. desk, no conference rooms. You still take meetings in your office or cube. So I don't think, you know, we're, it's working for us from home. We're actually doing a great job. Um, I yeah. have an 8.30 a.m. meeting with my entire team. We do it via video. So we're still keeping close. So I'm not sure when we're going to go back and what that's going to look like. It's going to be dependent, obviously, on what, you know, what the governor is going to say. But we're looking at our real estate strategy. We're looking at our location strategy. We're looking at, you know, we've got some small offices that we may not need anymore because it's working for those folks to be remote. I had to send a message and tell people to take time off. Nobody's taking time off because Mm. where do you go? You know, you're in your 
family room, you go to your living room because you nobody's getting on planes and taking family vacations. I literally had to tell people take time off. I gave them a list of staycation things to do and, you know, drives you can take. But, uh, you know, I never in a million years would thought you'd have to encourage people to take time off. But nobody's taking time off either because they're so afraid because they're in front of, you know, videos are even harder than being in person and there's nowhere to go. So I think that's going to be the next thing is that these companies are going to have to really figure out how they help their teammates know that it's open. Here's some ideas to do so. I'm really impressed by that. The fact that I love the, the these ideas of the staycation and, and sharing it with your team and ending the meetings a few minutes early or 10 minutes early. If it's that hour, I never even thought to do things like that. That's such a, like a, wow, what, what a simple thing to do. What, uh, what a simple thing to do, but yet what a powerful thing to do. And yes, I can attest that working from home 100% exclusively is very, very difficult. Yesterday I did not, I literally didn't take a shower for the whole day. I was non-stop. I have never used my bath more than I've ever used it before as like a form of relaxation and going to the CVS and buying bath salts with lavender for the first time in my life, as a matter of fact, to try to find ways to actually cope so that as we're all working together, that I can bring my best self to the equation and not show up just being totally exhausted. So it is a it is a wonderful thing that you're doing. Again, testament to your servant leadership. You've been such an advocate for your team, for your organization, but you've also been an incredible advocate for women. And all of us who know Cheryl Nash, you've carried the torch for the movement of recognizing women in fintech and and wealth tech. And one of the things that I discovered about you is interesting. We had uh, Danny Fava, Director of Institutional Innovation at TD Ameritrade on, on episode seven, and guess whose name she brought up in the suite? And that was, that was Cheryl Nash. And you have an, a great deal to do with she gives you a lot of credit to her being able to take chances and and risks because of your mentorship for her. I thought it was really powerful. So when you're not in the room, there are many, many stories being told about you, Cheryl Nash, and how you're advocating for that for that talent. One of the questions that I I thought about when she was explaining this to me is I said, wow, how does someone get lucky enough to get Cheryl Nash as a mentor? And, and we were ending the broadcast. So I didn't, I didn't ask her and I think better to ask you because I, I do want it from your perspective. Again, you have worked with thousands, tens of thousands of people. Does talent What's, what's your advice? Does, does talent come to you or do you recognize certain qualities and certain attributes in other people and say, you know, this is something, this is a superstar. This is just someone very, very special. How is it that someone is lucky enough to be, you know, mentored by, by leaders like you? So that's a great, and I love it too. So thank you for that. She's awesome. I mean, she's, She's somebody, when you look at her career, right, how she's grown and she's also somebody who takes risks all the time. So 
So thank you for telling me that. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you, most of the time, so I've been in this industry my entire career. I've seen how hard it is for women to get ahead. I've experienced that. I've found good mentors and good sponsors, and I've always wanted to give back. So I've mostly been asked by somebody, can you help with this one person or take a look at this person? You know, you could probably give her some some support because right now she's going through a rough time. Also, you know, MMI does a great job with their, they have a leadership pathway program that they bring in up and coming um, leaders and they, they assign them a mentor. So two of my mentees have come from there that I will stay close to forever. But it really comes from people reaching out to me. I've been lucky because, you know, it's, I'll tell you, one of the women that I've worked with, her name is Stephanie Foster. She worked at Fiserv and she's just got a new job. But she's been involved in a lot of women programs. And she was a rising star. She was invited into Money 2020 Rise Up program. And that's how I saw her. She was on a Fiserv you know, congratulations, Stephanie, Money 2020 Rise Up. And I reached out to her and we formed such a great relationship. And, you know, I think those are how, and and she had, you know, she was really you know, thinking about her career. She wanted to grow. She wanted to become, you know, more of a leader. And she learned she had to move outside of Pfizer to do that. But she is phenomenal and somebody that you would want to mentor because she's, she has plans. She's got a playbook. She's got a, you know, even her whole, her own, um, this is where I'm going to, I want to be in my career. She's got a, you know, like a map, a journey map. And I've been able to really, you know, help her through that. But that's how I usually get people, you, you know, you, you, I'm sure Tina, you've mentored or mentored people too. Um, it's a two way street, right? It has, there's enough, the people that I mentor who I think are the most successful are those who put a lot into it. And it's been, those are the ones that I really thrive with. The ones that are coming to me and saying, here's exactly what I need, or here's five things that are going on. And I help them maneuver those, or I help introduce them to people that can help them. And that's what's, that's what, how I grew, right? I've learned um, that you can't do it yourself. You need to rely on people. Um, you need to have that personal advisory board where you can call somebody and say, hey, I need help with this. Can you help me think this through? Especially when we were selling our business. So I think what your your story about Stephanie Foster, she sounds like somebody that we should get in the suite at a, at a future time. It would be very interesting her perspective. But one of the things that I did is that I feel very fortunate to be working through coronavirus. Very, very fortunate. And so the first time I'm having two interns together, one is an international student from Nepal. She's here in the U.S., actually right here in New Jersey. And then I have another student from Tennessee. They are both for my management information systems intern program here at C-Suite Social Media, and they both impressed me. One is actually a triple major who's majoring in computer science with a math and econ minor. And so I'm very specific to my interns and I treat it like a course. I taught at NYU for two and a half years. And what I have these women do is tell me what their present state is right now. Where are you today? It's June 4th, 2010. And where do you want to be two months from now? Three, 2020 almost feels like, uh, well, yes, 2020. Thank you for the correction. Too many working you hours. That you need that lavender bath. <laughs> Another bath 
not tonight. I'm taking one for sure. They'll be counting on lavender baths this week. And, and so I asked them to explain where they want to be three months from now after the internship. What are the specific skills they are looking to bridge? Where is the gap in the knowledge? And a lot of them are trying to understand that. What is the relevance? How can I bridge software, technology, and financial services and the real world? And oh, by the way, get real life experience so that when I'm finally done at school, That's that awesome. I can get a job. I think we're, we actually have an internship program too. We decided not to cancel it. Like every, a lot of other firms canceled theirs. We're doing it remote for the first time ever. And I got to meet, oh, there's, there's five of them and we've got the sixth one um, on our way. Um, I got to meet with them all yesterday and it was so much fun. Yeah. I mean, to your point, I think that one of the best things that you could do right now through, it, it goes beyond coronavirus right now. We're in such a state of the world right now that we all need some some positivity and we all need to lead by example. And the way that, the way that you can actually do that is through your actions. And I highly recommend mentoring and, and, and giving back as much as you can. So you had just actually transitioned me into my next question. I know that you've done incredible work with MMI, Money Management Institute. You received the MMI Pioneer Award, which embodies advocacy, growth in the industry, and congratulations on that. But you're also doing incredible work with Lori Hardwick right now, CEO of WealthTech, Red Rock Strategic Partners. She's also on the board of Riskalyze, like yourself. She's really an icon in the industry. And you're focused, obviously, in bringing more women into the wealth management. So how do, if you could explain a little bit of the initiative and how women listening to the episode right now get more involved, because I think that a lot of us have the wherewithal and have the passion to act. And sometimes we just don't know the specific direction of where to join and who to join with and what options are available to us and understanding what a commitment would be like and all of those other kind of unknowns. So if you could actually point us in the right direction, maybe it is for someone listening right now, we can get a little bit more involved. Sure. So um, MMI is a great organization. Um, they, you know, they are really championing a lot of things that are necessary right now. And obviously, one of them is women. So when Lori and I came together to think about what we would want to do for MMI's um, members, we we thought long and hard that there is really no place for women in the industry from zero to five years to really go and get some support. And what we're learning and what we learned is once you hit that five-year mark, you're either going to move out or you're going to move up. And we want people, obviously, to stay in the industry. We'd like to see them move up. So this was, you know, that's that's the focus of that group. And, you know, it's not just for MMI members. It's for women in our industry who are in that, that area. But we, you know, what we've been doing is much more um, now, especially since coronavirus, we haven't done, you know, what we wanted to do. We were supposed to be at the MMI, you know, conference and have, we, we do breakfast with the women, invite anybody in, actually. The last time we did that, we had so many people come to our breakfast that we had to bring in more tables and chairs, which is really exciting. What a great success story. I think there's a great, I mean, it's, there's obviously a need, right, for that. So yeah. um, if you want to get in, involved in it, Sarah now. Her email is Sarah, S-A-R-A-H-N-A-U 
at mmiinst.org, mmiinst.org. She's, you know, pulling together folks who want to continue to get involved in this. And, you know, we're right now at a point where we're trying to figure out what's next. How do we continue to grow this and do more with it? So it would be great if people want to get involved and help us think that through. So, but it's, you know, it's, it's just another area when you start something and you're not sure how it's going to take off and you realize, wow, this is something that there's a real need for. Just, you know, just from the whole giving back aspect, it just makes you feel good because, you know, you can support and help, you know, women that really want to grow in this industry and try to figure out what they want to do. And great questions are asked at these breakfasts and meetings. And it's Lori, and we always bring in other women. We brought in S.G. Jimerson, who's now CEO of Primerica. We brought in Noreen Beeman, who's CEO of Brinker Capital. So we're always bringing in more women. On the into the conversation to help with some of the the things that these women are looking for and advice that they need. That's so great, Cheryl. So we'll make sure that we definitely include it in the show notes. So if you're on an exercise bike right now, you don't have to worry. We'll make sure that we have it in the show notes. I think something that you just said that was very interesting about the initiative with MMI and the fact that women either five years in either stay or drop out. On the flip side, I also think, because this is a primarily a podcast for women over 40 who actually want to stay in the financial services and want to always be ahead of the curve. And so we've got, you know, these two groups like bookends, people that actually could leave that we don't want to leave. So do you have any advice for the woman over 40? Do you think that more opportunities now with this whole, with the awareness of diversity and inclusion and organizations being open to and seeing actually the positive outcomes that occur when you have diverse teams, it's literally been scientifically proven. Do you think now there there are more opportunities for women in 40? And do you have any specific advice uh, for them? Of course, I'm asking asking for a friend. (laughs) Wink, wink. Wink, wink. Yes. I think there are opportunities and you said it, Tina. So when you think about what's happening right now in our, in our world, in our industry, there is a big focus on diversity and inclusion. And obviously inclusion is just as important. You can't have a diverse team without inclusion. So there is, it's a good time right now. I know when I started my career and moved up the ladder, there weren't DNI groups in organizations Mm. or, you know, MMI women initiatives. So my advice is to find out in your organization where you work, who's leading those DNI initiatives, how you get involved, and make sure then that you do get involved and you kind of stand out as somebody who's really interested in um, in doing more and learning more. Fiserv has a whole leading women program that was, and it still is, really great, and it it, it allowed anybody who was interested to join. But it was it also highlighted those who really wanted to grow. So you once you're in those programs, make sure you you know you stand out and you take on it's all voluntary. You take on things and I know sometimes it's hard to add more to our plates, but you do things that you know um, that show that you really are interested in. And that's where the, a lot of people see leaders, you know they 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 highlight and they'll target leaders in those groups because ones who are, again, on their own time, volunteering and doing things great. So because there's so much talk in our industry right now about diversity and inclusion, um, and I think we're away from talk and we're now into action, I think it's a great opportunity for women. I mean, we've talked about it for quite some time, 
firms are now acting, right? They're making sure they've got a diverse leadership team. They've got diverse managers. They've got um, a diverse, even a diverse board, right? So there's a lot going on, I think, now that is that is fairly new. That is a great, great time for women over 40 to continue to grow in our industry. Yeah, and I saw a recent post from a female member at Pfizer. And so she was one of the 50 women selected that every year that you come up with a list of women who can speak, who can write about particular topics. And I mean, that, that's been in place for years. So I really love that. I think that it is about the execution. It goes back to the beginning of, of this episode. And that is that you, you're not only you're walking the talk and talking the walk, your leadership is not only reinforced by what you say, but more importantly, it's what you do. So you've been an amazing guest. I'm so proud and so honored that you would spend your time with us today, Cheryl. And I can tell you quite honestly that it's going to go a long way and that just your presence today on alone will point women into new directions, foster new relationships, and, and certainly increase their network and get them more involved overall. So what's what, before I last, ask my last question, what is the best way to reach out to you, maybe not directly because you are doing a whole lot of things, but even members of your of your team. So I'm on, with you after. Yep, I'm on all social media channels. So LinkedIn, I'm on, uh, you said it, Twitter, Cheryl Nash 2. So you can uh, message me on LinkedIn. We're in the process of changing our email addresses. So I'm going to not give you my email address right now because we're going to a <laughs> Tiger 118 email um, system. But find me on LinkedIn or Twitter and reach yeah. out to me. Um, easy to do and message me there and I'll get back to you. That's great. That's wonderful. Well, you're in my girl power list. You've been for quite some time and I love the pictures of the dogs on the bed at the beach as well, too. So you get a lot of interesting posts. So I assure you by following Cheryl, you'll not only be smarter, but you'll also be happier for it. So my last question, it's how I end the podcast each time. And I wanted to know if you have some sort of physical object, either something you wear, something that you carry that, that gives you that superpower boost when you need it. And we've heard everything on this podcast. And I will tell you from your mentee, Danny Fava, she said it's her Air Jordans when she's on stage yeah. and she will never in a million years, she'll, she will never wear heels again. It's always her, her Air Jordans and she's have, has quite an impressive collection. So what is it for you, Cheryl? It's my Wonder Women bracelet. So wow. I got this. Oh my God, I have to screenshot this. That's so awesome. Um, I give you that. That is unbelievable. I'm going to send you one. Wow. Um, so this is a, a bracelet. So it, it's funny. At one of our leading women's summits, um, Lynn McCrary, who is phenomenal, she's our chief legal officer at Pfizer, showed this. And this is what she wears. And it was many years ago, and it's what gives her strength. And when she's in a tough situation, she touches it on her, on her arm. And I got this. And this is what I give out to my mentors, my oh. mentees, people I talk to. But it's a it's a nice bracelet, and it's Wonder Woman. So uh, that's oh, what I wow. use. <laughs> Oh, wow. That is awesome. I, I, I said it before. I'm going to put together some sort of board or That'd some sort fun, of visual. Yeah. 
Exactly. Create like, I just, I love the answers to this question. They're so varied and it's like, it's like a show and tell. And I'm just, it's really, really fascinating. So for those of you, again, who aren't getting the benefit of the visual, I promise it'll be in the show notes. So I encourage you to check those out. So uh, Cheryl, with that, I want to just say thank you. Good luck and continued safety, prosperity, success at Tegra 118. I look forward to the announcement, to the continued growth. And again, in in support and in honor of all you've done for this industry and being a role model to people like me and a whole bunch of other women listening to this. Thank you so, so much for sharing part of your, your day with us today. Thank you, Tina. And thank you for putting this together. It's because of people like you that we get to share our stories. So really, appreciate it. So thank you. You're listening to In The Suite, a podcast that shares amazing stories of women in business in the financial services and the wealth management industry. This podcast is proudly sponsored by C-Suite Social Media, a digital marketing and social media agency for C-Suite leaders in finance and technology. You can visit csuitesocialmedia.com to learn more and for show notes from today's broadcast. And thank you so much for listening and subscribing and helping to support this podcast with your reviews. I would love it and it would mean so much if you left us a five-star review for this episode with the extraordinary Cheryl Nash. And always, if you would like to share the name of a successful woman in financial services we should interview, please send it to me at tina at csuitesocialmedia.com. We've received a lot of great names and we're working very hard behind the scenes to fit everyone in again. Thank you so much for listening and subscribing to In the Suite.